Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Well, today should be interesting. Always. Always, always, always. You know, we've had an interesting week, haven't we? I'm not going to speak for you guys, but I can speak for myself. It's been an interesting week. Um, but God is so faithful and he's so good. Um, I just want to welcome everybody that's here with us this morning. And not only that, but those that are watching online through media, Bible television, those that are watching through media all over the world. We just, we're so thankful that you're with us. Um, I want to send a very special hello to my amazing wife and my, my son, Chris, that is at home resting. Um, for those that don't know, I'm going to make the official announcement. Yesterday, he got, uh, he got attacked in his body, and he had to go be rushed to an emergency surgery. Um, and, but praise God, he's good. He's resting well. He's healing. And my wife wanted to stay home and just uh, be with her baby. You know, she's not going to leave her baby. So uh, we love you. Get well, my son. Uh, we miss you. Um, you know, um, I've got a whole lot of stuff that's on my heart, and uh, I don't know exactly where to start. But one of the things that I do want to say is, is uh, when I was in Texas this past, uh, I guess, a couple weeks ago, the Lord really began to speak to me about, and y'all might have seen a, a live stream that I did about the Lord is really wanting to position us for the promise. Amen. And I really feel that's a word of the Lord right now, that, that being positioned for the promise. And he reminded me of this word that I had back in 2015. And basically what the Lord told me in 2015 was that, that the words of the past are not relevant today. And when I got that word, it was like, okay, I get that, Lord, but like, what was that even about? But I feel like that word has come full circle where we're at right now, stronger than ever. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to speak prophetically about the season and the time that we're in right now as a body, um, as a corporate body, and as a, as even as a house, because with the Lord speaking to us. But I believe that the words of the past are now relevant today, and that means... That means corporately the words that have been spoken over the region, the words that have been spoken over your lives personally through prophetic words, through prophetic promises, you know, our destiny and our inheritances. Some of us have words that have been spoken that we haven't seen come to fruition yet. And when I asked the Lord about that, because listen, there's a lot of words that I have that I've kind of kept in my back pocket. I'm like, Lord, when? When is that word going to happen, Right? And it's like, but, but the Lord showed me, he said that there hasn't been a, a spiritual maturity that, the, that those words were able to come to fruition. But there is a maturity that God is doing right now in the body that, that those words are now able to rest upon the body and the bride. And one thing that I've seen this season, more than anything, I've seen it in my spiritual sons and daughters, but I've seen it in the body. I've seen it in the body of the, of, of the Lord is that there is a level of maturity that is being released right now to the bride. And people are beginning to see and they're beginning to respond. It's almost as the veil is being lifted. We knew it was lifted a long time ago, but we lived in that place of, of constantly living behind the veil. But the kingdom says that there's no veil. We have complete access. So I believe that goes a lot deeper than what we even know. But part of this, the words are relevant today. I was reminded about this. One of the words that the Lord spoke to us back then was the, it was the John 11, 11. It was the John 11, 11. And it says, after he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I am going there to wake him up. This right now is speaking to where we're at. It's speaking about resurrection power and about restoration, the redemption. The Lord is redeeming the time that was lost. And there's going to be a resurrection power that has been released in the body. It's like the breath of God is coming to breathe on the dead things that were once dormant. 
So there's life that's coming. And another word that the Lord reminded me of that was in the past is now today. It's what brought us to even Ohio. It was the Isaiah 22, 22. And when we came to Ohio, it was so strong. Like it was, that's all we talked about. Isaiah 22, 22. I'm opening the doors, right? I'm, no man will shut. I'm shutting the doors and no man will open. Isaiah 22, 22 says this, and I will place on his shoulder the key of the house of David. That's the authority. That's the government of heaven being released to the body. Well, I had an echo. That was kind of cool. Glory. Hey. But it's the keys that was released to the house of David when he says, and he shall open and none shall shut. And he shall shut and none shall open. The Lord is opening doors this season that no man will shut, no enemy will shut. He's also shutting doors that we've tried to keep open. Some of us have tried to keep doors open. This may be one that might sting, but the Lord's saying it's time to move on. But you're still trying to keep this thing alive. The Lord's saying you're not going to be blessed if you stay in that season. That season is not for you. That's for somebody. There is a release on these words and the promises today. You know, and, you know, the Lord is always speaking to us. And, and it's if we give an ear to hear and an eye to see, right? And we can recognize when he speaks. But he speaks through us through signs, through boards, and through numbers. And, through, and if you're prophetic, he'll speak to you and, and you'll recognize it, right? Hallelujah. Thank you. Uh, we'll be driving down the road and a big old 18-wheeler will drive by and it says, Destiny. I'm like, oh, come on, Jesus. <laughs> I'll take it, right? And another one will drive by, purpose-driven. Shake it, 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 yay. Come on. So we, we, you know, we agree with heaven. <laughs> so recently, um, we were blessed. Somebody blessed us with the, uh, with the hotel room for our travels. And when we got to one of the rooms, <laughs> this is awesome. We got to one of the rooms, and they said, okay, here's your key, sir. And the key of the room was, you're in room 222. <laughs> the Isaiah 22. See, the words of the past are not relevant today. So they gave me room 222. I said, no, you got to be kidding me, right? All right, Jesus, I got it. And then they said, and your Wi-Fi code is on the back of the card. I said, okay, cool. So I turned around and says, your Wi-Fi code is 1111. I said, you're, you're, no. You got to be kidding me. So the door was 222. Why was the door 222? Isaiah, I will open the doors. Right? The Wi Fi code was 111. It's a John 1111. It's the Ephesians 111. It's a Deuteronomy 111. Right? I will give you 10,000 times, 10 times, Holy Ghost. The Wi-Fi code spoke of the connection. It spoke of the access. So the 111, I mean the 1111 was the resurrection power. The, the Wi-Fi, I'm, I'm speaking prophetically. You'd be like, what is this guy talking about? Okay. <laughs> but the 111 and the Wi-Fi code was, it was the access point that gave me the connection so the Lord is releasing access right now to the promises of resurrection power. Hey, come on. All right. Somebody's getting this. Good. The redemption. And I saw the Lord. I was about to sing a song. Right? I saw the Lord. Woo. Come on, Peter. Get back up. No, I'm just kidding. But I saw the Lord restoring and rescinding. He was restoring the stolen promise. I'm speaking prophetically right now. You need, your spirit needs to grab this. Yeah. Hallelujah. He says, I am restoring and rescinding 
the, uh, the stolen promises. They were regional and corporate. He began to show me the double doors of the blessing and the favor of God that was being released right now. It was the lost dreams. It was a rekindled love for the Father. It was the promises of God. It was the kingdom relationships that the enemy stole. Come on, Lord, I'll take that right now. There's been people that the Lord, uh, that the enemy, I'm sorry, that the enemy has gotten a hold of and has removed them. Those are kingdom relationships that the enemy stole. He says, I will bring back those relationships if it's his will. I'm my Lord. Some of them, do I want it back, Lord, right? I'm just saying, Lord, forgive me of my transparency. Jesus. I'm kind of happy right now, God. <laughs> I know my wife's laughing like, don't do it, Pete. Don't go there. <laughs> okay, so the 222, <laughs> it's here, it's now. It's now. We have come, <clears throat> we have come full circle. I'm speaking seasonally. Ecclesiastics talks about the, the times and the seasons, a time of mourning, a time of joy, all those. So we have come full circle in this season where there was missed opportunities. They're here again. You know, sometimes we, we miss opportunities because of our fear of stepping out or maybe because we were not in the right place at the right time at that moment. God's word will never come back void, but there's times that we got to wait for that thing to come back around. And right now, it's come full circle. Who's willing to grab it right now? I don't want to wait, right? Like, I don't want to wait another five months or six months. Like, Lord, <laughs> Woo, let's go. And the Lord says, I am calling out the cave dwellers right now. He says, the he says the church is arising. And, um, you know, how many of y'all just completely rely on the GPS when you travel? <laughs> we do. And when that thing says recalculating, you're like, oh, God, where are you going to take me, right? Because you never know. Well, we were coming back from Texas this last time. And somehow I missed a turn, I guess. No, actually, I don't know who. Alice was driving. <laughs> Is that I'm not responsible. I don't know who's responsible. But we missed a turn. We missed a turn. And we, we wound up on the wrong place. But we wound up. But see, God doesn't make no mistakes. He doesn't make no mistakes. So we, we, it rerouted us. And we ended up in a city called Pacific, Missouri. Never been there. It's not even on the route. <laughs> and then as we were going through Pacific, Missouri, it's like there was a big mountain. It was like a mountain that they had blasted through. I don't even know, but it was like in the middle. There was a train station there. It was all this was going on. And there was mountains on our left. And in this mountain, there was caves. There was literal caves. I mean, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. You could see the holes in the cave where it went in, and then you could see the light kind of shining out. There was some on the bottom. There was caves everywhere. As we were in this, and me and my wife were like, what is the Lord saying? Prophetic, right? We're like, what do you? It's not a coincidence that we're there. And then we go, and we're driving through Pacific Missouri, and all of a sudden, the sign changes, and it says, you're now in Eureka. I'm like, Eureka? Like, like the vacuum cleaner? Right? And I said, okay, Lord, you're speaking. So, the city of Pacific was named in honor of the railroad that was placed there in 1859. I didn't know this. You're shaking your head like you knew. You, got, you probably did know this. I had no idea. I wasn't around in 
You weren't either. You weren't either. That's not what I'm saying. But I wasn't there, so I don't know nothing about that. Hey, we're having fun, right? We're, we're good. But it was, it was a train station. It was a train station. And I was like, okay, come on, Jesus, because we've been talking about the glory train. Like, Pat, you don't even need to take your bags. Let's just go. The glory train is here. <coughs> the glory train is moving. The word eureka, it, meant, it means a cry of joy. See, I didn't know this, you know. It's a cry of joy or satisfaction that one finds or discovers when they discover something. It's a sudden, triumphant discovery. And then the Lord says, oh, it means great escape. And the Lord said, there's no longer will those that will be held in bondage. Freedom is here. And then I began to see, and it was wild because as we're there, I go into this encounter with the Lord, and I began to see the blueprints of the Lord. And he began to show me the blueprints and the strategy for the next three generations to come. And I was like, Lord. So I'm just, I'm just saying for all those that are waiting for Jesus to come like next week, well, I'm just saying because he showed me the next three generations to come. I'm not trying to get into all that with y'all. Don't, don't. But God says, I am restoring the broken cisterns to be able to contain this coming glory. To carry the freshness of his presence. God is calling the cave dwellers, that whole place that was in Where's that Pacific? The caves were there. And the cave dwellers are coming out. The church has found themselves being placed in the cave. The cave experience, I believe, is what drew many closer to the Lord. But many were driven into fear. We went through that season. We remember that. That COVID stuff really did a number on us. Some people haven't even returned back to church yet. But I believe it's because the Lord was allowing us to reflect on our lives and our spiritual walks because he wanted us to see where our, where our hearts and our truly laid and rested and trusted. He has given us the blueprints of the enemy's scheme and the plans, and the Lord this day is calling forth his bride, and he is saying, it is time, it is time to rise. Cave dwellers, come out, come out. There's a line being drawn in the sand, and it says, Choose ye this day whom you will serve. It's a Joshua 24, 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether God, which is your father served, that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites whose land ye dwell. But for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hmm. And again, the Lord says it's time to come out of our caves. It's just like Elijah when he was running, right? He was running and led him to the, the, the broom, the, under the tree, the broom, broom tree. And then he was fed, supernaturally was fed. And then it says that he went into the mountain, it was Mount Hebron, I believe, which means the mountain of God. So even in the cave moments, the Lord has kept us in a safe place. But it's time. So God is preparing to use us in a way that is going to bring reformation to our nation Right now, we're seeing pockets of revival that are happening right now. There's pockets of outpouring that are happening in, in different cities, different college campuses. Yeah. This is a move of God, and we cannot discredit what God is doing. We, we may not have it all figured out, and we're not going to be judgmental, but God's doing something right now. 
So revival is here. Revival means this. Let's not get, get it all twisted. Revival is Jesus. Revival is Jesus. Revival is a refreshing. It's the, it's the, it's the refilling. Jesus is revival. Revival hub. This is a Jesus hub. That's it. Jesus hub. Revival is here. So I got a kingdom nugget for you right now. All right. I mean, you like nuggets, and I'm not talking about the chicken kind. But I'm going to give you the four R's. R. The four R's this morning are remember, repent, redo, and revival. So here we go. Revelations 2, verses 4 through 7. It says, this is the first R. Remember your first love. But I have this complaint against you, that you don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works that you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. But But this is in your favor. You hate evil deeds of the Nicolaitans just as I do. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life and paradise of God. We're going to be talking about the fruit in a minute. The second R is... and. It, Sometimes people think of this as a bad word, but it's a great word. It's called repent. Repentance. Let us all self-examine ourselves to see if we find lukewarmness in our walk. You know that's what the Lord's been doing right now? He's been exposing areas in our life that we need to get set free from. And I'm speaking for myself. I'm not, I'm not, listen. Like the Lord is showing me areas like, oh, there's still some things there that you need to work on. Every one of us has it. We all got it. So he's saying that we can see if there's any lukewarmness in our walk. Let us cry out to the Lord and repent. Change the way we think. Metanoia means to change the way that we think. That means turn away from it completely. Just turn away and stop thinking the way you're thinking. But this keeps happening, Pastor. I keep well, you're still thinking the way you used to think. Change the way you think and turn from all things contrary to the Lord. The third R is redo, and I love the redo. Go and do the things you used to do. When you were on fire with the Lord. Some of us just need the fire. Right? I think about that often. Man, I used to travel the nation. I used to travel the world. And we would go places and there would be hundreds of people. Hundreds of people. Fire hungry and glory and power. Miracles, signs and wonders break out here in this nation and different nations. And I was like, Lord. And I was different. Y'all guys see me kind of chill. Man, I was wild. (laughs) Wild. And I'm like, Lord, I got to go redo that. (laughs) Remember the passion and the zeal that we had. Remember the excitement that you had when you would tell people about Jesus. Come on now. Some of us used to get really excited. And you can tell which ones are super excited about the Lord. A lot of times, somebody who gets set free from addictions, or maybe they're coming out of the prison, and they met the Lord, and they're like, that's, because when you're in those conditions, and you're in those places, all you do is you hold on to that. That's your hope. And all you want is to tell people of how you were set free. But then you get out, and it's all... You don't want to tell nobody. Yeah, hey, you don't even invite nobody to church. 
right? We got to get, we got to get hungry again for that. The zeal, tell people. The, the fourth R is revival. Revival. Revival is what happens when a once alive relationship is rekindled again. Yeah. The Lord is not satisfied with a well-oiled, efficient, cold, doctrinally correct, or lifeless ministry machine. Hmm. He wants to resurrect those things. So, let me get into my message. When we were on this road trip, driving, the Lord began to speak to me, and he says, a fruit that remains... So this morning, <clears throat> what I want to do is I want to dive into that a little bit and see what the Lord is saying. Because if we look at the life of Jesus, we look at the character, we look at his nature, we looked at everything that Jesus did when he, I mean, when he walked the earth, everything that he did, he demonstrated the kingdom of heaven everywhere he walked. And he was, he was the word made flesh. He was, he was tested as a man. He struggled and, and he had the same temptations as we do. <clears throat> he was a perfect picture of the representation of the Father's love. When we see Jesus, we see a blueprint of heaven. He was the blueprint of heaven for us. We see him in Galatians 5 because we're talking about a fruit that remains. And I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to get where I'm trying to go. I'm, I'm trying to get there. The fruit that remains because he, Jesus, he walked the earth, but then he had to go and be with the Father. But when he went to be with the Father, there was things that remained. He left the blueprints in Galatians, the fruits of the Spirit, which is the blueprint for every believer for us right now and how we should function. This should be our gauge on how we gauge our walk with the Lord. Jesus walked in love. He walked in humility. He walked in forgiveness. He walked in joy. He walked in power. He walked in the authority. Now listen, the shoe doesn't fit, don't wear it. But I'm just going to throw out some things out there. Some of us are not joyful. Some of us are full of anger. Some of us are mad at our brothers and our sisters and our mothers and our brothers. We don't want to forgive nobody. We've got no power because we're, we're so in our head that we're not walking with the power or the authority of the kingdom. Because we're all about our own self-righteousness. What fruit are we leaving behind? We see what Jesus did. So we see the promises that Jesus leaves us. So we're going to turn to uh, John 14. We're going to start at John 14. Because, see, Jesus leaves us some pretty amazing stuff. So we're going to start at verse 15, and I'm going to read to verse 31. He says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father. And here we go. Here's one thing. And he will give you another advocate to help you. And he will be with you forever. That's one thing that was given. Then verse 17 says, 
the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. And then he says right here, there's another key, for he lives with you and will be in you. I hope you're tracking with me. And then verse 18, he says, and I will not leave you as an orphan. <laughs> I love that. I will not leave you as an orphan. Then he says, I will come to you. So just in that short period, I will give you another advocate that will help you forever. And then he says, and he will live with you, and he will be in you. And then he says, I will not leave you as an orphan, and I will come to you. And then it goes on to verse 19 and says, before long, the world will not see me anymore. But then it says this, but you, hey, <laughs> Holy Ghost, you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. <laughs> Come on, man. This is so good. I love it. And on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father. And here we go, another one. You are in me. And I am in you. <laughs> 21 says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. 22 says, then Judas, not Judas for scared, said, but the Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and I will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teachings. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to my Father who sent me. <laughs> and then it says in 25, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I said to you. And here we go, 27. Another thing that's left. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. And do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. And some of us have not been in peace. I could probably tell you stories of how many people are dealing with, with, with anxiety and worry. Night terrors that keep them up at night. The enemy, why does the enemy want to come and rob you of your peace? But it says here that the Lord says, peace I leave with you. So verse 28, you heard me say I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you love me, you will be glad that I am going to the Father for the Father is greater than I. 29, I have told you now before it happens. So when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. But he comes so that the world may know, may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Yes. Yes. So the question that I'm asking this morning is, we're talking about the fruit that remains. What fruit is in your basket this morning? And I really want us to think about it. I don't want you to answer that out loud, but I want you to think about that question. Meditate on that with the Lord. What fruit is in your basket? See, we see Jesus as the model, and we see what he leaves, and we look at the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5 and 22, 
And it gives us a clear picture. What remains when you leave? And I was thinking about this this morning when I was going over my, my stuff here. When you're in love with someone, <laughs> when you're in love with, I'm just, I'm going to use my wife as my example. I love my wife with all my heart. And when she leaves without me, she'll spray on a certain perfume that she loves. And I love it because I know when she sprays it, it reminds me. So I smell it. It's like, that's my wife. But I can be laying asleep in the, in the bedroom, asleep, and she can be getting ready, and she'll spray her perfume. And then she'll leave and walk out the door. I can wake up and I can still smell the aroma. I said, oh, she left. But there's a lingering smell that, that she leaves. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to sound weird. <laughs> you know, it, it, even my son, my son, he, he'll leave in the morning to, to work. And he has a certain cologne that he likes to use. And I can know which ones of my sons is gone and where they're going because I know what they wear and the sense that they carry. You know, my, my son loves Aqua de Gio. You know, he likes that. You know, Armani, he likes that stuff. And, and I can smell it. And so my whole point in saying that is there is an aroma that lingers that's sweet. Now, and then I was taken back to when I was in like middle school and high school. And there was always that one kid that in football never wanted to shower. Man, and he stunk. I'm not trying to be ugly. Whoo! And then, you know, in the football, I played football in high school and stuff, so we would get out of football practice, and we'd go from athletics, and I would go straight into, like, our, our advisory class, and all the football team would go in there. And there was that one guy, those two guys, that, and they, they were the ones that sweated the most. And they would walk into the advisory class smelling like onions and armpits and <laughs> disgusting. And see, but that, that smell lingered. <laughs> My analogies, I don't get it. But it lingered. So I associated that smell now because it would linger. Does your fruit linger? And if it does linger, what aroma are you leaving behind? I don't know about you, but I don't want to smell. <laughs> like, why did you go there? I don't know why I went there. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. But you know what? That person that never showered in the football team, the next time we would go to like practice or whatever, people would tell him, bro, take a shower, man. You stink. And he was labeled as a person that stunk. He was known throughout the football team like, man, dude, you need a shower because you're the one that smells up the whole class. So our fruit at times can be rotten in the nostrils of those who are around us. 1 Peter 1.11, because I'm talking about what Jesus left. and what he, 1 Peter 1.11 says, Searching what, or what the manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Holy Spirit is on earth with us right now. Yes. Holy Spirit, he indwells inside of you and I. John 14, 17 says this, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth in you and shall be in you. 
Another promise is that it's been sealed. Ephesians 1.13 says, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of, of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, strengthens. See, I'm talking about the fruit. And I'm just trying to show you what Jesus had in his basket. What else was in his basket? Ephesians 1.14. It's an inheritance. Which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory? Affirmation comes. Ephesians 3.16 says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened that ye might by his spirit in the inner man. What else? If this was a fruit, this fruit would be called identity. Come on, some of us need to eat that fruit. Identity. Romans 8, 16 says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You are a daughter of the King. You are a son of the King. Romans 8, 26 and 27, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth with our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray For as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Intercession. He intercedes for us. It's in his basket. I hope you're trying to get what I'm saying. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He guides. John 16, 13. How be it when the Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whosoever shall hear, he shall he speak, and he shall, and he will show you things to come. There's another fruit called comfort. John 15, 26 says, But when the comforter is come, whom will I send unto you? From the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Good fruit will it will reveal the truth. First Corinthians two ten says Jesus said it was expedient for us that he go away so that he could receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit. John sixteen seven says Nevertheless I tell you the truth it is expedient for you that I go away for if I go if I go not away the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. That's huge. So I ask you this. What's in your basket this morning? Galatians 5.22 And I'm going to read Galatians 5.22 to 25 and I'm going to talk about the Read the fruits of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And that they are Christ have crucified the flesh with the afflictions and the lust. If we live In the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. If your fruit that's in your basket 
doesn't look like love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such. If it doesn't look like that, what does it look like? Is a generation able to go and come behind you and eat of the fruit that's being produced? Are people around you able to glean from what you carry in your basket? Or are you that person that stinks in the class? Come on now. Because we have a generation right now of youth and young adults that they want to see the real. Don't preach to me one thing and do another. Don't talk to me about addictions and, and drugs and when you're out there dealing with alcoholism. Don't, don't go tell me about how good God is if, if, you're still, if you don't want to relinquish certain things in our lives. So they will know you by your fruit. Listen, I know because I lived that life when I would try to minister to people. And I knew God, but I wasn't serving the Lord. And I would tell people back in the day about the Lord, like, bro, what are you, how are you going to tell me anything? Look at what you're doing. It's kind of like the guy at the bar, all drunk. He's drunk, man. He's telling the guy next to him, let me tell you about God. Well, the truth is it's inside of him. And he's battling some things. He doesn't know who he is. What does our fruit look like? So, this all kind of came about because uh, for most of y'all know that I, when we went to Texas, the reason why we went to Texas is because one of our spiritual daughters passed away. Um, and some of y'all were able to meet her, Apostle Irma. They have a church called I Am International and We've been the apostolic overseers for them for over, over 10, 11 years now. And, and we really, really love their family. But she went to, uh, she passed away and she went to be with the Lord. And I was sitting there at her, it was a private viewing. And people would come up and, you know, they, they'd give the condolences to the family. But every person that would come up, they all said the same thing. They said, she was so amazing, and she loved so well. It's like exactly how I felt about her, everybody felt the same way. And they would say, she would give us whatever she had. If I had no food, she would give me the last dollar in her pocket. Listen, when my father passed away, she paid for my airline tickets. She paid for, I mean took care of us, gave her her car, whatever. I mean, that's the kind of person that she was. And I'm not, I'm not here to talk about her right now, but the fruit that remains. And she had many spiritual sons and daughters all over in Mexico and, 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 and the United States, and she would give everything that she had. She loved well. She, she walked in a place of humility she walked in the place of submission. She walked. She did the very best that she could to walk in the, in the ways of the Lord. Her basket was full of fruit. And because her basket was so full of this fruit that there's a generation that till this day, her church is still striving and her pastors are in place and her, her sons and daughters are in place and they're eating from this fruit and they're saying, we're so thankful for this fruit. For what you've planted and what you've you sowed. There's fruit that comes out of the basket. Why? Because we are carriers of it. What's in our basket? The fruit that she left will remain. Her legacy lives on through her family and her loved ones, and the fruit will, will be there for generations to come. So the, the question that I submit to you guys again today is, what fruit is in your basket? You see, 
We don't have to wait to pass away for people to eat of the fruit. People can eat of your fruit right now. When you go to work, people want the fruit that you have. Right? Why? Because there's an aroma that brings peace to them. Why? Because the Lord loves them. And they smell that aroma of love that they're drawn to that fruit. We don't have to pass away. We can do it now, right? Our baskets should be so full right now. They should be overflowing with everything that is needed for this generation. Can I get the worship team? Or if you just put some music on for me, that'd be great. We should be overflowing with everything that we need. We're going to pray. See, this generation should know us by what's in our baskets. This is a self-evaluation that I do myself. Like, Lord, what's in my basket, God? Because if it's not what he wants, I don't want it. Is your fruit fresh? Is it ready? Is it delicious? Does your fruit bring life to those who partake of it? Does your fruit Tastes good, or is it rotten? I don't know about you, but I've I've been into. You know, if you ever get that peach, I'm very particular about my my fruit. If it ha, if it has a bruise on it, I, I won't eat it. Bananas when they got that black line, you know, I, I had to cut it out. I mean, it, it, there's nothing wrong with it. But there's something about the fruit when it's good and it's delicious, right? Nice and cold. Oh, man, come on. So is our fruit rotten today? So what I want us to do this morning, I want us to do a prophetic act, okay? Because I believe every one of us In this season that we're in right now, the Lord is bringing an awakening to all of us. And we need to be that fresh fruit for the dying generation. That people can eat all of what we have to give. People should see you on the streets and say, man, I want what you got. You're so full of joy. Every time I see you, I just see love upon you. You're so full of laughter, right? I can see the Lord all over you. Or do they see, man, I don't know, man, but you're always bummed out. You're always depressed and anxiety. And you're always mad. So as a prophetic act, what I want us to do this morning is we went out and we got a bunch of fresh fruit. We got a bunch of fresh fruit. It's supposed to be fresh, okay? <laughs> if it's not, we're going to blame the local convenience uh, department store for that. But what I want us to do is I want us to come up. If this message resonated with you this morning, I want you to come up and I want you to pick the fruit. You can pick the one you want and just go back and have a seat. Because this is going to be a prophetic act that we're going to take the fresh fruit and we're putting it in our basket. Amen? So you guys, come on. Y'all can make a line and get it or whatever y'all want. But right here it is, right next to the oil. I'm going to get one. I want. Oh, I like that one. Wow, that's pretty.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And as you pick it up, just, just begin to pray. Yeah, come on, that's right. Thank you, Father, for this next season, Lord. For the fresh fruit. We declare, God, right now. Thank you, Lord. I think I got the prettiest one, though. You did? That's right. There you go. That's right. Y'all get it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> you can. Double, double. Hey, that's prophetic. I love that. He's getting double fruit. See, I didn't think about that. And I love that because I said that mine was the prettiest of them all. And then somebody said, no, mine was. And then somebody said, no, mine was. And it, right, all of ours, it's because it's your fruit that the Lord is giving you. So, Father, we thank you right now. Just hold that fruit up. Father, we thank you, God. And this is a prophetic sign, God. Lord, it's not just a, a fruit in the natural, God, but a prophetic sign, God, right now that you are filling our baskets right now. Lord, that there will be a fruit that will remain, God. Lord, that you will, you will bring an increase, God, that people in the generations to come will be able to eat and glean from the freshness and the goodness that you're releasing through each and every one of us, God. Father, we thank you, God, right now, Lord. Oh, we speak joy. We speak peace, God. We speak your goodness, God. We speak the uh, Galatians 5, God, over every one of us in this house, God. Lord, that we declare this is a new season, God, right now. That when people see us, God, they see you, Jesus. They don't see us, God, but they see you, Lord. Oh, Lord, there will be an awakening in our hearts, God. And even with this, Lord, if there's areas, we speak the four R's. Oh, Lord, we speak repentance right now, God. If there's areas in our life that we need to repent for, repent right now. Release it to the Lord. We move forward, and we're going to redo we're going to get back to that first love. The first love. Right now, in Jesus' name. Father, you're so good. Lord, we ask that you seal it. Every word, every promise, everything that you're giving us this morning, God, this day, that when we walk out of this place, we will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. So now, but now, what I want you to do is the person next to you, I want you to give them your fruit. Because we're brand new. Come on, y'all. So find somebody, Sam. Find somebody to give your fruit to. <laughs> Where's your fruit? <laughs> Get this man a fruit. There you go. There's your fruit. All right. So now, this is an example, a prophetic sign that you will give out the good fruit to those that are around you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I now pronounce you man and fruit. 
you may now bite your fruit. <laughs> God bless you. We love you. We'll see you soon. You may now bite your fruit. <laughs> <laughs>